Hey there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know directly from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 19 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you will find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take on the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. I'd love to introduce you to Randy Smith. Randy is an island girl who's passionate about celebrating life's big events. She is the founder and lead designer of Sugar Euphoria, a boutique wedding cake and confectionery studio in North Carolina. She navigates through the busyness of being an entrepreneur, a cake designer, and also a mother. I am so excited for you to sit back, relax, and listen to our conversation about wedding cakes. Hi, Randy. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. I am so excited to be here today. This has been a long time in the making. I'm excited to have you on and talk about your favorite subject, which is cakes. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to get to it. I'm happy to be here today and talk about all things cake, dessert, and everything you need sweet for your wedding. So with that said, could you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and what you do in your business? Sure. Hey, everyone. So I'm Randy Smith. I am the owner of Sugar Euphoria, which is a boutique wedding cake and dessert company. We are located in downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, and we serve couples who are looking to infuse both art and sweetness into their wedding cake and desserts. I love it. So you said a little bit of art and sweetness. So explain that to us. So I always thought that cakes had to be either beautiful or delicious. And so I set out to kind of merge the two and let people know that you don't have to choose between the two. Like you can have a cake that truly looks like a work of art and can infuse different aspects of your overall design. Um, because your cake is a focal point, and also have something that tastes really, really good. Yummy. So, with that said, tell me a little bit about, like, how did you get into this? That's a great question. So, I actually grew up baking with my mom and my grandmother, like, every single Saturday and Sunday in the Bahamas. So, I was born and raised in Nassau, Bahamas, and we made things like traditional Bahamian foods like guava dove and like coconut tarts but we would also try our hand at different cakes and cookies and tarts and things like that um and my grandmother and her sisters actually used to make wedding cakes back in like the 70s and 80s things like Gwen Stefani's wedding cake which is actually making a comeback but I kind of inherited the love for baking from her um, but I went off to school in North Carolina and I did not pick up a whisk the entire four years And it wasn't until I was in grad school and all my friends had left me, I used to sit on the couch and binge watch Cake Boss. (laughs) And I thought to myself, like, if these big burly dudes can make these beautiful cakes, what's stopping me from doing the same thing? And from there, Sugar Euphoria was born. 
You mentioned something about Gwen. Go back to that. What's what's making a comeback? <laughs> so Gwen Stefani's wedding cake was a I don't even I don't even know how many tiers, maybe like six or seven tier wedding cake. It had all of the traditional piping detail, all of the swag, the pillars in between each layer that, you know, when you look back at a, a lot of us look back at our parents wedding cake and we kind of see that ruffly frilly look that is actually making a comeback. And I want to say that Gwen Stefani probably had a big hand in bringing that back. That's so interesting that you say that because like you said, there's so there's like trends, right? And they come uh-huh. and go and like you see the cycle. So now you're seeing right now in the in the bakery world for weddings, the big the bigger the better is coming back. Grand is coming back. And I don't know if that's just a function of, you know, with the pandemic and everybody having to do the micro weddings and now we're on I guess in the events we're on the other side of it where people are doing big blowout weddings again but we and by we I mean cake designers all across not just the country but across the world are seeing the return of larger cakes with that old school piping detail that old school swag with the pillars I've even seen some come back with the little led lights and the waterfalls but they're making a comeback so like you said, it is cyclical. I, I, I got to be stay. honest with you. I mean, I I got I kind of like the idea. I mean, look, <laughs> so it's so funny that you bring that up because there's always that like cliche saying that they say, oh, I don't want the chicken dance at my wedding, right? But <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know when I've been to a wedding where the chicken dance is there. So to be honest with you, I would love it to have a chicken dance at a wedding. So like the only reason why I'm bringing that up is – you know, like you said, I mean, those old school, quote unquote, for lack of better terms, types of cakes with the water fountain, the pillars. Like, I remember those. Like, but when was the last time you saw that? So that's unique now. Right. So I, yeah. I, it makes only sense to bring it back. I got a question for you. Like you speak about grand. How about, you know, the whole floating cake trend? Where do you stand with that? So we have done a couple of those for style shoots, and I don't think it's really made its way to our neck of the woods just yet, but I actually like the floating cakes, whether it's like on a, it has like a wire in between the two that you could jazz up with like flowers. I think that's pretty cool. I think though, when you start to get into like those floating tiers and like the acrylic spacers, you have to be really careful about the design because it could look really unfinished in a way if you do it incorrectly so you know I would just caution people to make sure that it looks like a complete cake and not something that's kind of disjointed all right so let's break it down now tell us a little bit about like what are the first steps that couples have to start thinking about when they're thinking about their wedding cake yeah so the first thing that I always say folks should start thinking about is the very unsexy uh, elephant in the room which is the budget and the guest count so you know you talk about it when you talk about thinking about your venue and you know how many folks they can hold and your catering and you know the rental items but you really have to consider your cake or your desserts in that budget and you want to be really clear on how much you have to spend before you even start reaching out to folks to design your wedding cake so just like every other thing when it comes to purchasing items for your wedding you got to factor in the money the funds question for you i mean i know it's different in every part of the country and every part of the world but what are you seeing in your neck of the woods kind of for like an average like budget 
Oh, great question. I would say on average, folks are probably spending for like a hundred person cake because that's a nice round number, probably around six fifty for a buttercream cake. Uh, and that I would say that's on average. Of course, you have you know your um, some folks who are just starting out that might charge like four fifty for a cake. That's where I was when I started out. Now we are a good bit beyond that, but I think six fifty is a safe space. Uh, to start um, on average in our neck of the woods down here in North Carolina. Got it. So then once they start thinking about budget, then what does the couples have to consider? So after that, I would always suggest that they start, uh, of course, the marketing space has changed, but to kind of get out there, whether they're doing their Googles, as I like to say, or getting on social media and identifying a cake designer or company that fits the aesthetic that they're going for. So once they establish kind of the theme and the feel of the wedding, then they should start looking for folks who can kind of immerse themselves in that and deliver a cake that um, is going to be cohesive, right? So you do have designers out here who may specialize in the very ornate fondant work, and you may have some that do like the boho buttercream very well. So I would say to save yourself some time and save the professionals some time to hone in on a company that you think can execute your vision and then compare their rates, you know, or their pricing if they have it to what you have in your budget and kind of merge the two as you trek along this road of, of getting your cake designed. When should they take this all in consideration? When should a couple start looking for their perfect baker? You know, I would say prior to the pandemic, I would say maybe like six months before their wedding would be a safe time frame. But at this point, with the way that we're in this wedding boom, I would suggest, and I think this goes across the country too, across the world, that it's even safe to start looking you know, nine months, 12 months ahead, if you have that much time. Um, we are, you know, we're in a couple of Facebook groups and routinely we see posts where people are just talking about like, I'm already booking out for spring of 2023, which was unheard of as a cake designer before 2020. We were, you know, we could look ahead to the next season and kind of gauge where we were, but to look ahead into 2023 at this point in July of 2022 and have, you know, full weekends already is kind of absurd. So the earlier, the better. And, you know, as you're thinking about the budget, most folks will let you put a down payment just to secure your date so you can get some peace of mind. If you, you know, you see a baker that you like, you like their style, their price point looks good and their cake tastes good. And then just go ahead and, and lock them in. And then you can always have the discussion about their payment plans and factor that into your budget moving forward as well. You talked about kind of the wedding boom. And I think it's important for listeners to understand that they there is a wedding boom right now. I think, mm -hmm. you know, coming out of COVID, obviously we had a, you know, a halt on some of the celebrations, but also too, you know, yes, we're backfilling that, but also too, there is this, just this vibe that's out there that people just want to celebrate. So there's just a yeah. lot. I think people are doing a lot more. There, there. I mean, some people who may have just thought about just doing an elopement is doing a celebration. People just want to be with people, right? So you're right. Okay. You're, you got to take in consideration the listeners right now, you know, that there is a wedding boom. So anything that you feel is of, of substantial importance, just get on it now. It's never too early. Um, and like you said, for you, 
you take a deposit and then I guess you would kind of regroup later on and think about the design and the guest count and mm-hmm. go from there, I would assume. Yeah, um, so the way that looks is exactly. So we have the meeting, we talk about design, guest count, and we have um, a proposal that we sent out, but we don't really force people you know, to pay the whole thing up front. We do the retainer for the date. And then once the retainer is paid, then we start to sketch. And so, you know, we have some back and forth on the overall sketch because we want people to have their dream cake at their wedding. And at certain points, then they'll continue to pay as we produce additional items for them up until we actually deliver the wedding cake. So, yeah. And I think that's pretty standard across the industry, especially like in the cake industry. You talked a little bit about earlier that you want cakes to be yummy and pretty. So you just said, you know, you'll start sketching for people. We talked a little bit about the budget. Let's talk about yummy. Talk to me about flavors. What is like the most popular flavor? And what is a flavor that you're like, oh, it's such a hidden gem. I wish more people would, you know, do this. Oh, man. I feel like just like design flavors have trends, too. That's kind of what I've noticed as I look through the data over the years. So I looked at this pretty recently, and our most popular flavors are um, on the chocolate side is one called Jamoka Me Crazy. It's a chocolate cake with espresso buttercream and dulce de leche. Super popular. My absolute favorite cake on our menu. Uh, So that's the chocolate favorite. The lighter uh, favorite I would say like in the vanilla family is going to be our summer loving cake and that one is lemon cake it has lemon curd and a quadruple berry buttercream so that's also a client favorite Ooh, I love the names mm. it's like you know yeah. you know the names like when you go to the nail salon <laughs> and you like read the names for like the nail polish I love your <laughs> names and your flavors <laughs> thank you and the hidden gem there's one that's gaining popularity that folks seem to love and it's called tea time it's a like a chai flavored cake so it's um, cardamom and cinnamon cake with chai syrup and uh, spiced cream cheese frosting which it had been on the menu for years and I would maybe do like two of them a year and now all of a sudden it's gaining in popularity but I think uh, I think more people should probably add it to their dessert menu Um, and I've had some folks tell me that it tastes like a cinnamon roll too so it's it's a good one for like a fall wedding or like a brunch wedding and I just wish more people would order it yummy well maybe they will now they're listening what about like you, you? We talked a little bit about like the design, like that you said you were sketching. So, can you tell me about how you can incorporate wedding designs into the cake a little bit more? Can we kind of like dive into that a little bit? Yeah. So, I like to encourage folks to uh, bring a few different design elements to their consultation. You know, whether that's in person or virtually, it really helps designers hone in on the theme. You know, because people can say like whimsical or earthy or boho or elegant but it's not until we actually see collateral from the wedding that we can really get an idea of what folks are talking about so I always encourage people um, on across you know across social media on the blog to take a few things with them like their invitation suite if they have it um you know folks have a love-hate relationship with Pinterest boards but (laughs) they can be helpful Um, sending over the link to the Pinterest board if you have swatches of the linens or um, you know the attendance 
suits or dresses or anything like that. Um, those color palettes really help us get a feel for the overall design and are super helpful. Um, and then once, you know, we kind of have the colors, I personally like hex codes and stuff. I'm a little nerdy like that. Um, but it definitely helps with coming up with that, that overall look and feel of the cake. And so once we have those items, I like to do things on my iPad. I like to sketch on my iPad. I used to do pen to paper, but I'm not that great of a sketch artist. So I have a handy dandy program on my iPad that helps me sketch out cakes and it helps us, you know, go back and forth. They can scribble on their phone or on their iPad and give me notes. And then we settle on that final design. Before we take a break, because after the break, I would want to go in a little bit about trends and, you know, mini desserts and alternatives. But before we take a break, can we talk about factors that affect the pricing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good topic. I like that one. <laughs> so <laughs> a few of the factors that folks want to keep in mind when they're talking to cake designers um, that I've seen, you know, in my 10 years of doing this that really affect the price are going to be if you choose premium flavors and some designers may have like a premium list versus a standard list of cake flavors. We don't over here. Um, the base price is the same, no matter what the flavor is, but some folks may have premium flavors. So that's definitely something to consider. You know, if you're thinking like pralines from new Orleans, or if you want elderflower syrup from England or passion fruit curd, like those are things that can increase the price of the cake of course size is always going to be a factor in the amount of servings another big thing will be that exterior finish on the cake so whether you're thinking fondant versus buttercream uh, whether you're going fresh flowers versus sugar flowers whether you want to incorporate like edible 24 karat gold like I like to encourage all my couples to do because I'm a little obsessed with it those are definitely some things that are going to affect the overall cost of the cake. Um, you know, oh, another thing that people need to consider is whether or not they want to save the top tier of their cake, because if we're going to put that top tier aside for you for your one year anniversary, of course, you're going to lose some servings there and we'll need to make it up either in one of the larger base tiers or as additional serving uh, servings in a kitchen cake in the back. So I know I ran through a list of them, but those are all things that folks to keep in mind um, when they're going into the consultation. So those might be some little tips and tricks that they can kind of keep in the back of their mind and maybe just ask their baker. And that way they yeah. can start tackling and chipping away what they can and can't do and what they can and can't afford, basically. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, once you get that sketch with that overall design, then you can always go back and say, this is outside of our budget. What can you do that's similar to that that would make everybody happy? Or, Randy, I, I assume, like, if they have a larger budget and they haven't met that yet, then there could be, like, little things like, for example, maybe you have the top tier, like, can you, do have you ever, like, made a separate top tier so they can not even have to even worry about? Yeah. Kind of <laughs> yes. We, yep. We have definitely shown up to weddings with, like, a saran wrap, like, shrink wrap box of cake for their anniversary that's, like, do not touch, send home with the couple with all the stickers. I love it. <laughs> on it. <laughs> I love it. Well, Randy, what we're going to do is we'll take a quick break, and then when we get back in, let's let's talk about um, 
how do how like you factor in some mini desserts in the wedding? Is there any like alternatives of like wedding cake? Maybe we could talk about like pros and cons. Like I just want to talk about other desserts that are out there. Yeah, let's do it. All right, my friend. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled Podcast, friends. So before the break, I was talking with Miss Randy all about cakes and your wedding cake and talking about budget and her sketching and flavors. And I still love the names of the flavors, so that's great. Um, But now we're going to talk a little bit about the alternative to your wedding cake. And that, my friend, Randy, what is the alternatives? Oh my goodness. So if you are a big foodie like myself, then you know that there are so many different things that you can incorporate on your dessert table in place of or in addition to your wedding cake. So I don't know. I feel like the options are endless, Um, but I do have a few that are very popular on our menu and then just some trends that I've been seeing across the interwebs lately. Ooh, do tell. I'm I'm a sucker for trends. (laughs) I love trends. (laughs) So I would say that the biggest seller around here, in addition to the cake, is going to be macarons. Oh, okay. I don't know. Macarons have a hold on us um, for a few different reasons, I would say. One, because the shells, as tricky as they are to make, can be really, really beautiful on your dessert table, right? Because you can match them to your color scheme that's super easy for us to do you can alternate the fillings you can even make the filling matcher scheme right like we had a cake uh, delivery the other day where honey was going to be the favor right so every guest gets a little bottle of honey as they left but the cake also had honeycomb on it and we actually made macarons that were fig and honey so that it all was interconnected so that's just one example of playing up your theme in your dessert. So like I said, macarons are huge between flavors and fillings. They're so customizable. Um, and then there are so many different ways to display them. You can put them in a very sophisticated tower like they do, you know, in the European uh, countries, like in France. Um, you could also put them on some other types of towers so that you have another type of macaron tower you can do some interchange between the two or you can just display them on a platter like a bunch of cute little colorful macarons so i think that there are just so many possibilities with them and that's why people love them plus in my opinion they're a little bit guilt-free right because they're just a little cookie the shell is light and airy and then you have a dollop of a rich filling so you don't feel as guilty popping them as you would like a cupcake. I, I don't know what it is about them but they're just so pretty. Like they're just, It's just so funny because you, like you said you ex- kind of explained exactly what it is, right? It's just like these little wafers but there's just something about the, I don't know, they're just so pretty. <laughs> they just they really are. are you know? They really are. I feel like they just elevate the dessert table so much. And they're simple. So they're simple. And I think for the most part, they're not particularly expensive. 
No, and there's so many ways you can design them and present mm -hmm. them, and, and mm -hmm. presentation about them is so, there's so many factors. So we had the macarons. What about um, other little mini desserts that are out there? And like, can you tell us a little bit about, well, what, what's some other mini desserts that you recommend to? Yeah, so I know these guys were super popular in the early 2000s, but I have to tell y'all that cupcakes are here to stay. <laughs> do you find that that's an alternative to the wedding cake, or do you find that sometimes that's an additional thing? I I feel like folks have those as an alternative to a larger wedding cake. So we usually have people requesting cupcakes or mini cupcakes when they're like, we just want a cake to cut for us for pictures and then something else for our guests. And they routinely ask for cupcakes what is, mini cupcakes what do you find that the pros and the cons is for a wedding cake alternative in terms of cupcakes who i would say that the pro is like anytime you can give your guests variety they're gonna love you for it cupcakes are familiar and they're comfortable so they will more than likely gravitate to those over like a slice of cake because in addition to them being familiar they're super easy to take on the dance floor cupcake in one hand drink on the other in the other and you're hitting the dance floor so you know they are definitely uh guest friendly desserts but i would say on the downside is that they can actually get a lot pricier than people would anticipate right because now you factor in well people may take one slice of cake and be done for the night but how many cupcakes are they going to eat over the course of the night? And so it gets a little dicey trying to factor in how many servings. Are you going to have too little? Are you going to have too many left over? Um, and then you have to factor in that now, you know, they may cost $3 a cupcake, but now we have to multiply our serving size by like 1.5 to hopefully cover everybody. And so that cost can actually add up. That I did not even think about. So there you go. See, this is like the little tips and little nuggets you're giving people. <laughs> Um, because you're right. I mean, not for nothing. You're going to have some people not have cupcakes and you're going to have some people have one. And then you are going to have some people that have more than one. And that it, it, you're right. It, it just, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to budget. That it's, all it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to, to budget. That is hard to figure out serving size. And I mean, I know people don't know, but I always ask folks like, are you guys a big dessert group? Like, does your family love dessert? Do your friends love dessert? How do you guys feel about that? Because it, kind of gives me an idea like we may have a, a good bit left over if you're trying to introduce new things like a croque and bouche which is another dessert alternative like a, a, which is a cream puff tower um you know are you going to introduce this to folks are they going to really take all the cream puffs at the end of the night are you going to have to have some left over so I would say actually knowing your guests and their taste is also pretty important Randy, I am very hungry. <laughs> like just listening to you, <laughs> I don't know how you don't like sit there and just cut. Kind of, you know, you know, have, let your waistline grow by like a little sample here and a little sample there. I know it's really bad. I it's the little samples that get me every single time, and it's usually the mini dessert samples too. Like we do a lot of dessert shooters as well, whether we're like deconstructing apple pie or banana pudding or strawberry shortcake or tiramisu. And I'm like, oh, well, I always make extra because you never know what's going to happen in transport. And now I'm at the end of the night like, wow, look at this dozen, uh, this box of a dozen tiramisu shooters that are just calling my name. <laughs> right? Well, you know, it's funny. It's, you, you, like, you talked about, like, you know, the mini desserts and 
I and people just love variety and you're right I mean being a photographer and seeing so much different stuff out there <laughs> I I definitely am a sucker for the dessert table that has like the little mini variety of pastries uh, I'm mm -hmm. not gonna lie you know it's, so it's one of those things I mean granted a wedding cake is a staple we all love the wedding cake but yeah. you're right the variety you you tend to not pick one it's just it is what it is you pick a variety right yeah you know, they and, and if they have a, a substantial size plate on the dessert table, you can pretty much guarantee that your guests are going to get more than one. So maybe that's also, too, like a little tip to leave the listeners with. It's like maybe talk with the venue about possibly having the smaller plates there because it does mm -hmm. lend itself for people to take less and yep. therefore lends it to be a more of a variety for others. Not that mm -hmm. we're like, against people taking it. I mean, we're, hey, it's there, right. for people to, it's there for people to eat, right? But you're right. I mean, you have to do think about the way that you serve it too. So if someone's yeah. on, on a tighter budget, maybe – ask your venue for just like the smaller plates. That's a great piece of advice. Oh, I was just going to say one other thing to consider when you are thinking about mini desserts plus or in um, in place of cake is to factor the rentals that you're going to need to display them as well. Um, you know, if you have a one cake, then it's almost like a one-to-one -one serving and one cake stand that you have to think about. But when you start incorporating many desserts, like we were talking about earlier, you have to factor in servings per guest. But then you also have to factor in how many platters and cake stands, how much serving, where am I going to need for this and where are we going to get it from and how much does that cost? <laughs> that is such a... A wonderful piece of advice because you're right I mean I think a lot of times people forget about the logistics behind everything and obviously mm -hmm. you know a good baker can step them through all that but you're right that's something else that someone should kind of jot down and you know talk with their baker about it's like what will they need to execute their idea on site precisely yeah it and it varies it varies so much and it varies on who is providing those items whether it's the baker the venue the rental company so definitely something to, to think about and have conversations about with the different vendors. Randy, before we get into the wrap-up question, can you tell us a little bit about like one of your favorite designs that you've ever done for a cake? Yes. I have to admit that I am a sucker for a dark-colored wedding cake. Oh, interesting. Okay, because that's not on trend, so that's probably why you love it. <laughs> yes, I love that. I do. Yep. So don't get me wrong. We definitely do a lot of buttercream with sweet sugar flowers or, you know, beautiful fresh flowers. But there's just something striking about a black cake that really, really makes me happy. Whether it's like black or navy or burgundy or, you know, just any off the beat color. Something that people won't expect. That's always my favorite. So I would say probably one of my absolute favorite cakes is going to be a multi-tiered black cake that we put a lot of edible 24 karat gold on and then we accented it with white orchids. It just made such a beautiful picture. I loved it so much and I would do it again and again if people gave me the opportunity to. Well, hopefully they do. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wants a dark cake, they know who to call you, right? Call me. I will not shy away from it. So, Randy, we're coming to an end, and it's time for our wrap-up question. Okay. Can you – I know. 
Um, <laughs> I could talk about cakes, and and like I said, I'm just really into these flavor names. Um, <laughs> so yummy. Anyway, with that said, um, what are some key points that our couples should be asking their baker when they're inquiring to make sure that they are working with a professional company and that their wedding day is going to be absolutely perfect? Oh, man. That's a good one. And I have three things that I would love to share with the listeners. Um, the first one is going to be to determine and to ask whether or not the company is certified. And so that looks different for different locations. Um, in some places, there are cottage food laws. So people are allowed to do uh, baked goods out of their house, but they undergo um, different tests and inspections. So you want to make sure that the local governing board has inspected and certified that particular company, whether that's the health department, the Department of Agriculture, like it is in North Carolina, or whoever that governing body is. You want to make sure that there is a current license and certification in place, not something where, you know, when they first opened up, they had an inspector come in and then they've been ducking and dodging them for the past five years. You want to make sure that it's within the time frame of that governing body and that everything is good to go so that, you know, uh, you have a case if there's, you know, food poisoning or you find dog hair or whatever it is. So that was number one um, from a, a health and safety perspective. Number two is going to be to determine if the company has a act, an active insurance policy. So just like I mentioned, um, knock on wood, I hope this doesn't happen to anybody listening out there, anybody at all. But if something were to happen to one of your guests, um, whether it's, you know, food poisoning or an allergic reaction, or if the cake falls or the table gets knocked over or you know, any type of disaster that can happen surrounding or involving your cake or desserts, you want to make sure that the company has an insurance policy so that you are protected, the venue is protected, the other professionals and your guests are protected. So definitely something to ask. And I know a lot of venues around here require both of those things before the cake can enter their property, the insurance and the certification. So um, those are two kind of back-end business things to ask your potential cake designer. And then the third is going to be, you, you want to know their delivery practices and policies. So I can dig into that a little bit more, but I would always suggest asking them, you know, what is the price for delivery to your specific venue? You know, whether that is um, a round trip, mileage fee that you're going to have to pay them um do they come back and collect the items at the end of the night and if they do uh, will you have to pay them to come and pick it up or do those items need to be returned i used to travel with my cakes in like a pretty sturdy contraption that my husband and i came up with but i've since moved on to delivering my cakes in something called a cake safe Phenomenal invention. I will shout their praises from the mountaintop. Um, and with the cake safe, like we never worry about any accidents, you know, the cake falling over in the car or tripping. I've used it to fly cakes back home to the Bahamas, to Utah. So definitely a sturdy in invention, something that I think every cake designer should invest in. But you want to ask them if they have something like that, that will ensure that the cake makes it to its destination without incident. 
I, that's like one of the biggest selling points for me. Um, and if they don't have anything like that, that's fine. But you also want to know, okay, so if something were to happen to my cake, how are you going to remedy that on the day of? And then what are any reimbursement or refund policies if something happens to my cake and it can't be served at the wedding? Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to their journey of a stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell everybody who's listening where they can find you? Sure. Hey, guys, if you want to see some of our work and just, you know, reach out to chat about all things wedding cake and dessert, you can find us at Sugar Euphoria. And we are Sugar Euphoria across all social platforms. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. I jumped into the TikTok world. Um, but you can find us in all those places at Sugar Euphoria and the website is sugaryuphoria.com. Pretty easy. Awesome. And what I'll do for the listeners is we will have Randy's information on our episode and our show notes, which you can find on our blog and our website, which is at sarazarella.com backslash podcast. Well, thank you so much, Randy, for joining me on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a good chat. I loved it. I loved it too. So fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes, along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.